0: Well, God bless you guys. Um, what, a, what a way to um, orient yourself and and to center yourself on the truth of just who God is. Um, kids, are they already out of here? They know the drill. Oh, we got a couple. Are you working on those gummy worms or <laughs> are you sharing? Hey, hey, uh, hey, I want to. You okay, you can have the last one. Okay, um <coughs> we're winding uh, down in this conversation we're having about um, growth, that God's intention for your life is that y- you would be a person that grows. A- everything that lives has to, has to grow. It, it's essential that there is growth happening in, in areas of your life, and just what growth is, is the process of increasing. There are areas in your life in which you need to increase that that in order for you to gain the gifts that God has for you, you need to gain in character so that you can hold on to those gifts. You know, it's one thing to have the talent and the ability to get to a place. It's a whole other thing to have the character to hold on to it. So many people, they, they, they have the ability to get to something, but once they get it, The struggle is just holding on to it, like what you wanted was that relationship, and you made yourself look good and sound good, and and finally somebody said, they look good, they sound good, and the relationship happens, but you're not able to hold on to the relationship because maybe you just didn't have the character, or, or maybe the other person didn't have the character. There, w- there was something that you wanted to increase into, but you didn't have the ability to hold on to it. And this is what God wants for us. He has good gifts for us. But there's a development that we need to go through, a process that we need to go through in order to gain the character that we need so that we can hold the gift that God has for us. I, I need to increase in some certain areas. So I wanna I wanna read two um, somewhat large portions of of scripture. I think they're good. Some of you are gonna wander off and you're gonna think about lunch and what you got going on and and the plans that you have. But some people love Jesus, <laughs> and 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 one or two of you are gonna listen. So we'll you'll see when your mind starts wandering. You're like, oh shoot, I don't love Jesus. No, I'm just joking. So I'll try to. I'll try to animate as best possible. But I have this cough. Water, are we prepared? Okay, we got water. I got this cough, and I asked for some assistance today to help get me through. You know, you need people uh, around you to get through. Did you know that That, that if, if you want to get to where you want to go, it requires other people? And, and if you think you can get to the place that you want to go without people, I think your dream's too small. Your ambition's too small. Anyways, that's not what I came to speak about. The cost of discipleship. um, This is Luke 14. This is Jesus speaking. um, And this is heavy, not going to (coughs) lie. A large crowd was following Jesus, and he turned around and he said to them, If you want to be my disciple, you must, by comparison, hate everyone else your father and your mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even your own life, otherwise you cannot be my disciple. If you do not carry your own cross um, and follow me, you cannot be my disciple. And this is somewhat um, a cryptic language until you really experience God and know him, that this sounds so negative, but what we understand from last week is, is sin in us is when we fail to find our stability and our nutrients in God alone. And, and when we fail to make God number one, that's sin. And what what he's trying to urge us to is those, those good things, maybe not necessarily even bad things, those good things that you make a top priority for you, you you're, you're never going to get the full nutrients from them. You're never going to get your full stability from those things. I have a friend where he put all of his stability and and gathered all of his strength and nutrients from from his family. They were everything to him, but then his family dissolves and, and he's he's left with a, a wreck and, and the same guy he was so physically fit and, and he would make fun of me all the time. And then his his health went and, and I thought, aha you know, we had that kind of relationship. We could do that. But, but he wasn't able to, to, to maintain what he was, and he started gaining weight. And, 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 and that weighed on him so much, and, and the reason it weighed on him and it almost destroyed him is because he saw all of his stability and all of his nutrients getting from those places. And when it fails you, you're left with nothing. But God is saying, if you make me number one, it will actually satisfy, and it will give you a stability where you can endure anything in, in life, And so he goes on to say, but don't begin until you count the cost, talking about being a discipleship, being a disciple of Jesus, count the cost, count the cost. For, for who would begin construction of a building without first calculating the cost to see if there is enough money to finish it? Otherwise, you might com- uh, complete only the foundation before running out of money, and then everyone would laugh at you. They would say, There's a person who started that building and couldn't afford to finish it. Aha. <laughs> They're all gonna laugh at you. I, I have another friend, he was telling me, you know, Matthew, I keep having this reoccurring dream. And the the dream is I'm I'm in front of an audience. He he's a public speaker. I'm in front of an audience, I'm completely naked and everybody's laughing at me. And and May, and I, heard, I found out that this is a actually a common dream, and maybe you're here, and it's like, I have that dream too, and I'll tell you the same thing that I told him. You need a therapist. <laughs> that kind of crazy is just way above my pay grade. I, I don't know what to do for you, but, but what I do know is the fear of people laughing at us, and, and God's grace is like, I want to spare you from that. Count the cost. Don't be a laughingstock. Don't set out to do something and and to have this grand goal when when, when you don't even consider what it's going to cost you and you end up empty. Or what about a king who who would go to war against another king without first sitting down with his counselors to discuss whether his army of 10,000 could defeat the 20,000 uh, soldiers marching against him. And if he can't, um, he would send a delegation to discuss terms of peace with the enemy. Um, so you cannot become my disciples without giving up everything you own. Salt is good for seasoning. Salt's good for increasing. Y- you ever want a steak to just taste just a little bit better? And you just put a little bit, salt on it 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 just it just makes it a little bit better you want you want some food to be a little bit better you want it to increase in some flavor just put a little salt on it if you want food to last a little bit longer put some salt on it there's an increase when it comes and, and, and he wants us to be a salt that doesn't lose its flavor its ability flavorless salt is good neither for the soil or for the manure is what I want to to put it put this verse against count the cost count count the cost is what Jesus is saying you're gonna follow me you gotta count the cost there's a life that you want to pursue there's something in front of you and you said if I could get that thing if I could live that kind of life if I could just get there he's saying count the, the cost of it, and, and then I, I want to go to Romans 8, and this is talking about a life in the Spirit. So there is no condemnation for those who belong in Christ Jesus, and because you belong to Him, the power of the, the life giving Spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. The law of Moses was unable to save us because of the weakness of our sinful nature. So God did what the law could not do. He sent his own son in a body like the the, the bodies we sinners have. And in that body, God declared an end to sin's control over us by giving his son as a sacrifice for our sins. He did this so that that. The just requirement of the law would be fully satisfied for us who no longer follow our sinful nature but instead follow the spirit. Those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things. You think about it all the time. You think about how they did you wrong and you're so angry. You think about if I could just get with that person and it would just be enough to fill this void. You just keep on thinking about it. But those who are controlled by the spirit, they think about things that please the spirit. So, letting your sinful nature control your minds leads uh, control. So, letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. But letting the spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. That's what we want. We want some life. We want some peace. For the sinful nature is always hostile to God. It never did obey God's law, and it never will. That's why those who are still under the control of their sinful nature can never please God. But you are not controlled by your sinful nature. You are controlled by the Spirit. If you have the Spirit of God living in you, and remember that those who do not have the Spirit of Christ living in them do not belong to Him at all. And Christ lives within you. I want to pause for just one quick second. I'm not going to get into it, but this is, you've heard of the Trinity, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Um, three unique personalities, all the same being. This is one of those catalyst um, verses for, for that. We have this interchangeable language of the spirit and, and God and and Christ all in one. You are controlled by the spirit. If you have the spirit of God, different personality living in you, and remember those who do not have the Spirit of Christ living in them do not belong to Him at all, and Christ lives within you. So even though your body will die because of sin, the Spirit gives you life because you have made right with God. The Spirit of God, who raises Jesus from the dead, lives in you, and just as God raised Christ, Christ Jesus from the dead, He will give life to our mortal bodies. By the same spirit living within you. Therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to do your sinful nature urges you to do, for if you live by its dictates you will die, but if through the power of the Holy Spirit you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature you will live, for all who are led by the Spirit are children of God, so you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. That got me. That, that got me all the way to my knees this morning. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba Father. And where are you? You, you, you like that one. Abba Father. For his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. And since we are his children, we are his heirs fact, together with Christ. We are heirs of God's glory, but if we are to share his glory, we must also share in his suffering. I want to talk to you today about um <coughs> what it takes to, to get you to where you need to go and, and what is it in you that that needs to grow? I, I find it so interesting, that we rarely take time to consider what matters most in in life and how amazing it is that that we have this ability to forget what matters most. Have you found that in your own life where you just end up getting through and doing this and doing that and you tend to forget the things that matter most in your busyness and in the urgency, you forget what matters most. A couple of months ago, I got a call from uh, Andy, and he said, Matthew, y'all right? And I said, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm good. What's up? He said, the church is surrounded by the police. <laughs> you remember that? And <clears throat> I inherited this, um, what the country calls nosy neighbor syndrome. My, my father had it, and, and he got it from his mother and and, and she got it from her mother before. It's generational. I, so I have this disposition to be a, a nosy neighbor. So I open up the doors and I look out. And sure enough, there's a tactical vehicle out there. I don't know why Andy suspected it was me. <laughs> I don't make him a really good bad boy. But um, he, he was concerned none, nonetheless. And uh, maybe he thought they were looking for him. And Anyways, trying to get some info. But there was this tactical vehicle, like right out front. There was cruisers and, and vans. And so I just start um, being a nosy neighbor, and I find myself in Clark Hall. And, and there's a ceremony that's, that's happening there. And, and everybody's in there, and they're, they're honoring this, this officer, a fallen officer, and, and they were dedicating uh, um, the Dixie Bridge, I think, uh, to him. And, and, and they were talking about uh, how he died a, a hero's death. And, and they're talking about his, his legacy and, and what he did. And you know, I, as, I, as I listen, it, it dawned on me that in order to die a hero's death, you have to live a hero's life. So many of us, we, we want to be remembered for doing something that that matters, for, for being a good person, but you fail to live the kind of life that you want to be remembered for. So what's required is, is that you must live the life now in order to leave the kind of legacy that you want to leave. It's not enough to want to be a better person. It's not enough to have those thoughts of of being the person that you long to be. It's it's not enough for that. You have to be it if you want to be remembered by it. Does that make sense? In order to die a hero's death, you have to live a hero's life. What kind of life are you wanting to live? And so when I read the scripture and Jesus is saying, count the cost, he's saying, what kind of tower do you want to build? This might be really uh, uncomfortable for you to hear, but most theologians, people who understand the, the original language of the Bible, they believe that Jesus wasn't a carpenter. He, he was a stonemason. And some of you don't like that because you picture the, the tool belt and, and, and the hammer and the wood and, and that scene in the passion where he makes a table. Um, maybe it was like a concrete table. But <coughs> most people believe that he, he was a stonemason. And so that's why he has, I think, why he has all these architectural images and, and, and he's, he's provoking this image of a tower. He's saying consider the cost what it takes to create that kind of structure. And, and so three things that I want to say to you this morning is y- you, need, you, you need to decide what you want. What is it that you want? Like I said, we spend so little time considering what matters most. W- what do you want? Determine what it takes. What's what's it going to take for you to get what you want? And, And finally, do what you must. What must you do to get what you want? What is it that That you want, you know i I was back and forth but I was really gonna share this, but th- this this i am not I'm not trying to put a light on me, I'm just trying to connect it to how how I came to this place of deciding what I wanted i I was on the trajectory of of being able to accumulate a lot a, a lot of money to do really well financially and and as i was pursuing this life and, and i had these opportunities in in front of me i had to ask my myself the question is this the life that i want to build and 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 a couple of years ago I shared with you during our New Year's um, message about don't make goals about what you want to do. Make goals about who you want to be. And I shared this exercise that, that created all of these words that were so meaningful to me. And, and what it was is it was the structure of the kind of life that I wanted to build. It was the tower I wanted to create. This is who I wanted to be. And I realized is that, that, the, castle that I the, t- the castle that I want to create isn't in accumulation. The castle that I want to create is in my character. It's who I want to become. It's who I want God to, to make me. And so I'm going to share with you. Th- this is something that I read at least twice a week. And this is kind of a statement that reminds me of, of who God uh, is, is shaping me to be. Um, and, and so I, it's, it's kind of morbid because it's in the framework of, of a eulogy. And the exercise is you, you look at your life from different perspectives of people that you care about and respect and, and have the words that you want to hear about yourself said, said back to you. And, and as I go through this exercise and I distilled certain words, um, this is the statement that I came up with for, for my own life. And as you would go through this, and I have this exercise for you, if you just email me, I can share it with you. um, But mine says, the last story told of me to a crowd of inspired people was this. Matthew encouraged me and helped me find a way to my dreams. Matthew always had the integrity to do the right thing, even when it was the hard thing. His was a life of courage, an ongoing adventure. Matthew was determined and made waves he finished what he started and inspired those around him to do the same he never settled for the for less than god's dreams love created his life faith directed his feet and hope moved him forward jesus was his king and and, and i and i had to keep reminding myself of what tower i want to build and i read that and and I, i hear these words integrity courage to inspire people forward to, to what God has for them, to live a life of love and faith and hope, to, to always be known that Jesus is, is my king. And I remind myself of, of these things over and over and over again, and I realize this is the castle that I want to create, not through accumulation, but who God wants to create me to be. And so the question is, what do you want? Because I realize that I have a deficit in all of those things that I want to be known for. And so I need God to help increase me in those areas of integrity. Because sometimes it's a lot easier to do the easy thing rather than the right thing. Did, did you know that? So sometimes it's easier to be a coward than to live with courage. Sometimes it's easier to not speak up and encourage somebody and just let them dwell in their own difficulty and struggle rather than to inspire them towards something that God has for them. Sometimes it's easier for those things. And I realize in my own self that that, Lord, I'm not that tower yet. I need some building. I need you to increase me. How does God need to grow you? What is it that you want? What is it that you want? What is it that you want? What, what kind of life do you want to live? And, and I will never become that person if I refuse to live that way. And sometimes I get it, and sometimes I don't, but God is pulling me towards it. I realize that my castle that I'm building is, 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 is not accumulation. It's not in stuff. It's who he, he's making me to become. And I know that the same thing is true for you. You think maybe your freedom is found in your job title or it's in your bank account or it's in your safety deposit box. It's not in those things. It's it's in who God is creating you to be. So we get this picture of, of it is that, that God wants me to be. And, and, and your challenge this morning is you need to decide what it is that you want your life to be. Stop wasting time. Build, build that tower now. Don't defer it. But where we are is we're, we're a person who who y- y- your, your thoughts keep going around in your head like I, I can't do it. I, I can't do this. I don't know enough. I can't be enough. This is what I want, but I just I can't get it and, and your feelings are feelings that 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 are hopeless all the time and you don't have the emotional fortitude to to, to soldier on and take a step forward and, and to get up and and your actions are always deferred you always say <coughs> one day when one day when i get this settled one day when i get that settled then i, w- I will do it stop deferring your, your your actions, and, and so the problem is, I'm this person who my thoughts are always I think I can't do it. My, my feelings are always I'm angry and depressed, and I'm always deferring action. There's these things I want to do, but I, I I'm not doing it. I'm not moving into action. And the secret here, and it's not even a secret. I, I read it to you plain this morning, is what you need is the spirit of God. The only way you're going to build what you're going to build is to have the spirit of God alive in you. If you don't have that, you're not going to be able to accomplish and build what God has called you to build. You need the spirit of God. And when the spirit of God is living in you, you're, you're not thinking thoughts like, I can't do this. You're thinking thoughts like, God can do anything. God is resource. You're not feeling feelings of, of hopelessness and anger and depression. Your, your emotions are set not on your own abilities, but on who God is. And suddenly there is joy and peace. We read it right there. To have some peace is to have the spirit of God. My actions, I'm not always deferring. I actually have the courage to do something. I, I need the spirit of God in order to build what I want. Does, does that make sense at all? Does that resonate? Like I can kind of identify with this person who who was lost in these thoughts and these feelings and these actions of of thinking less of myself and feeling woeful of where I am in life and and not being able to take any action. But but some of you know that the resource that you need is, is not material that is around you. It's the resource that God has put in you. It says that the Spirit of God is in you. All you need is within you. You have to decide what you want and you have to determine what it takes. What, what, what does it take to get it done? Once you decide what, what you want, we, we decided what we wanted was to, to open a warming center for those that need it most in the basement. We, we decided that's what we want. And then the next thing was, we, we, what's it going to take to get it done? Well, we need some capital. We need material. We need some people and, and labor to actually get the work done. And, and so we got to work, and we got people donating money, and we were swinging hammers and tearing out material. We, we decided the, the cost. And even when the money ran out, That didn't deter me because I knew what I wanted. I was able to endure the cost of of coming up empty because there will become times in your life when you pursue the thing that you want the most and you'll come up short. And there will need to be a courage in you and a resolve in you to keep moving forward. Some of you, you're saying, I want to grow and become. This, this this person and live this life that God has for me, but you're stuck. You've been walking down a path and it's come to a dead end. I don't know what your dead end is, but I know this about God: is that dead ends always become new paths, and and, and you might have to come to the end of the road that you're at, and you might have to be a pioneer. A pioneer will push to a place that no one has ever been. There's no path in front of you. You just got to step and and watch God clear the way. You might just have to live by faith, but that's the cost of living for God, to get what you want, to take the step. What's it going to cost? The, The cost, there will be sacrifice required. There will be suffering that you will have to endure. And he's saying, don't start this until you know what you're getting yourself into. This will cost you everything. But if you get it in your mind that what you want is worth it. And then still take that sobering step. It's the process of, of knowing that I, I don't know what I need to sacrifice and, and suffer in, but I know that I'm willing to sacrifice and suffer for this. Like, like when we were, again, doing the renovation downstairs and, and just one thing after the next. It, it's, it's funny what reveals itself behind the walls of a 170-year-old building. Some, some stuff pops out and, and you can never deal with what you cannot see. And so when you finally decide that I'm going to deal with this, I'm, I'm going to do something about it, God starts to reveal some stuff. Some walls start coming down in, in, in your life and start showing you some things in you that you need to, to deal with. You got to get right. And finally, it can be repaired. And, and the repair is costly. And, and, and it's time-consuming. But, but you need to be willing to, to do whatever it takes forever for, for how long it would take. That's, that's the cost. The decide what you're willing to pay, what you're willing to go through. But, but I can assure you this, that the, that the cost of following Jesus is worth it. The, the cost of making him number one is, is, is worth it. There is suffering, there is difficulty, there is struggle, but, but it is a life that is rewarding. What, what heroes send off do you hear <coughs> that, that never had struggle, that, that never had to overcome some obstacles and some difficulties? The most inspiring stories are always the ones that overcome adversity. wrote do what you must not do what you should because so often we always say what we should do and we never get to it and and i heard this some time ago and and i was reminded of it by uh, lynn and and lynn's got a way of scolding you where when she's done you think she's complimented you she's got that gift of, of bringing correction she kept hearing in my language right i kept saying should 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 and and she so lovingly got annoyed and 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 corrected me and and she said no what must you do you you need to take should out of of your vocabulary and i won't say so animately what she described but her, her point was should always defers action must pushes you Towards urgent action. What must you do today in order to get what you want? Stop stop putting it. Stop putting it off. Stop stop deferring action. People without the spirit do that. Have the courage to, to act now. Don't don't put it off. Don't don't delay life. We we do not know how long. We, we have. We need repetitive action day in and day out towards what it is that God is calling us to, to build. Did you know that a tower isn't built with just one stone? You don't just get one stone and, and, and put it down. I, I got upset with myself because I was doing so good. I was exercising and, 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 and I was eating better. And, and then life got better. And, difficult and I started. I went back to old ways and, and I stopped going to the gym as much and I started eating things that I shouldn't eat and, and, and gaining weight. And then finally, I, one day I decided I need to be a person of integrity. Remember the statement? I need to be a person of integrity. So I get back on, on, on the treadmill and I ate a really good salad and I thought I'm going to celebrate and, and get a pizza. Because I did so good. You, anybody else, you do that? You have one good day and you think, I should treat myself. I did really good. And, and you give yourself that, that, that treat. I, you can't just lay one stone down and say that's the whole tower. You got to keep doing it over and over again. What must you do repetitively in order to get to what it is that God is calling you to, to build? What is it that you have to do? Don't defer the action. What things must you do today, right now? Don't postpone. Don't wait till tomorrow. What things today must you do? And all these things that to decide what you want, to determine what it takes, to do what you you, must—you can only do these things. With the, with the strength of the Holy Spirit. And so here is where I want to land the plane and encourage you. Because maybe you feel a little beat up right now. And, and you said, I, I don't have evidence of the Spirit of God in in my life because I'm not putting this stuff into action. And from the scripture that you read, it, it would appear my life doesn't reflect those those things. And I want that and, and so you're saying, what do I need to do? And so I would say, you're asking the wrong question. It's who you need to pursue. You can't pursue the, the blessing. You won't gain the blessing if you pursue the blessing. What you need to understand about the Holy Spirit is this. The Holy Spirit is a person, not an it. If, if you want to gain the power of the Holy Spirit, if you're pursuing an it, you're not going to gain the Spirit of God. You have to pursue a person. You need to be filled with a, with a person. So what does it mean, Matthew, to be filled with a person? It, it, we, we think of the Holy Spirit as, as liquid. I, I had three liters of the Spirit. I, I need four. I, I need a little bit more. Or we think the Spirit is like God's laser. That he just kind of points and shoots. What's a good laser sound? You got one? Pew. It's, it's not that. It, it's, it's not God's laser. To be filled with the spirit is to be filled with a person. And it's not like I, I, I have a two-foot person and, and now I'm filled because there's a six-foot person. It, it's, it's, not, it's not like that. I've got some good news today. Um, I'm, I'm trying to wrap it up because Madeline is coming home today. Madeline, my little baby girl. If you don't know, we, we, we had a, a preemie, and she's been thriving, and she, she's coming home. And, and we're so excited, and, and I realize that we're filled with Madeline. All she is is this monstrous four pounds. But but we're filled with with Madeline. If you know me, I'm so particular. I like things in 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 a, in a certain way, and, and have things in a certain spot. And I don't like lots of kid toys. But because Madeline has got a hold of us, and I know some of you think when you have a baby, don't change the way you live. You just keep doing you, and they'll adapt to to you. And some of you are shaking your head. Right, that's exactly what I told you. But Mary Beth and I, we have a problem. We just love. Madeline. And so we're influenced by Madeline. What, what, what she needs, we're influenced by. And so we have robotic swings. And we have toys all over the place. And we got this baby scale. And we got all this stuff around. Our, our home is filled with Madeline. Well, what, what she Hates, you know, we hate what she loves, we we love that that's what it is to be filled with the spirit, to, to love somebody so much that their desires is what influence you. So you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. What it says is set your mind on what the Spirit likes. That's what it does. It sets your mind on something different. You want to be filled with the person of the Holy Spirit, to be able to give you the tenacity to decide what you want, to determine what it takes, to to do what you must. And you need the strength of the Holy Spirit to do that. You need to be filled with the Spirit. And you're filled by the Spirit by by setting your mind on what the Spirit desires. And so I'm going to give you an exercise. Spiritual people will will do it and and, and the other people will think, i ah, maybe someday i'll I'll do it but <clears throat> but but try this just this week get get a portion of scripture that you like um, I'm starting to work through the Lord's prayer our Father, who art in heaven. W- whatever that, that piece of scripture is that, that you like. <coughs> if you don't know scripture, um, ask me or, or somebody that you trust to, to maybe encourage you towards something. And, and as you go through it, just even word by word, ask number one, what is this teaching? how does it challenge me number three how does it heal me and number four how can this equip me what what actions will it allow me to do and so an example that I have is our father Martin Luther talked about this exercise our that's what I take our father and I start with our and 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 when I think about our I realize that finally come to jesus it means that i don't come alone i come with brothers and sisters. our our father i don't come alone i I, i'm part of a body of christ you're part of something that is bigger than you when you belong to jesus our that's what it teaches me how does it challenge me maybe i don't got no hour maybe i have no brothers and, and sisters maybe there's nobody that i have to pray with and so how can this heal me? If, if I have brothers and sisters to pray for me, I will be connected and, and belong to, to, to something greater than myself. I realize that my, my strength is, is not found in just myself, but it's in the collective. We're, we're, we're always better together. Our, how does it heal me? I won't be so alone. I'll be connected to to something that can fuel me to go further uh, than I thought I could. And, and how can it equip me I'll, I'll be i'll be um i'll be suited with a group of people that will allow me to take massive action and encourage me towards my goals. If you have nobody rooting for you and you're only rooting for yourself, how far will you go? But if you have some people behind you saying you can do this, did you think of this? Have you tried that? I know that failed, but if you did this, and why did you say that? Try saying this this time. If you have some people behind you, you can go further than you ever thought. So so take time to set your mind on what the spirit desires and and let him speak to you through the scriptures our father and then you move to 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 father and just work your way through and and you see god wants to speak to you the spirit wants to be living in you but you need to be positioned in a way that you can hear the spirit are you positioned you want to hear from god but But are you in a space that you can hear from him? You you, you want to decide what you want? Well, consider God's desires for your life. You want to know if you can endure the cost. Let the Spirit speak about the strength that God has. If if you want to take massive action, God, that has you. And you do this by setting your mind on what the Spirit desires. Let's pray. Lord, this was a practical message. I I believe that there are areas in which you're calling us to increase. And if we want to live a life of legacy, something that leaves something behind, we want to be remembered for for something beyond what we just did for ourselves, but did for for others. If we want to be known for how we loved God, then we need to love you in our lives today. God, I just want to take the opportunity to pray for those who who finally realize I need to decide just what it is that I want. That's so exciting. And and don't don't be discouraged that you haven't taken time to consider that. Just be encouraged that it's been brought to you now. (coughs) What is it that you want? What kind of life do you want to live for God? And Lord, I, I pray that you would bring to mind... to get that life that you call us to. We're all building castles. The thing about castles is castles take time. So I pray that we would be patient, (coughs) patient with ourselves, to know that you are transforming us just in minuscule ways. It's significant ways. But as long as you're in us, we're increasing towards something. (coughs) Maybe it's been five years and you're thinking, I'm just the same as I've always been. Spirit, are you not in me? into I pray that you would fill us. <clears throat> fill us. Lord, I know that, that your action is, is to be, to illuminate who Jesus is. I pray for every person where Jesus becomes real because that's what the Spirit does. The Spirit makes God real. And I pray over every person that they would be filled with the Spirit that they would know the presence of God, that they would know his peace and his love. He loves you so much. He cares for you so much. Wherever you are today, he has you. He is with you. If you feel deficient, if you feel not enough, that is not his voice in your life. His voice will always call to you as more, believe in you even more than you believe in yourself. He is calling you to to greater things. He's calling you towards a life of growth. And of increase. Listen to his voice and follow him. Decide what you want. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, real quick, um, Mo has an announcement. Don't you? Can we give a rounding applause for, for Mo? Look at this marriage teamwork. You mute her, Ron. Okay. So, in honor of Madeline coming home from the hospital next Sunday, we want to do a lunch, and we want to invite you all to stay after service. And we will be getting to meet Madeline all for the first time, and they'll be showing her off. So, so yeah, please stick around next Sunday. And member of our West Edge family. And um, just on a side note, for those of you who have been asking, is there anything that Mary Beth still needs for Madeline? She is registered at Babies R Us, so I'm sure there's a bunch of practical items now that the baby will be coming home that she will need. So we look forward to meeting Madeline next Sunday and just uh, sharing in trying to find a sneeze guard to put her behind she is a preemie um so no kissing all right you moms out there no kisses uh but hopefully we'll get some snuggles in there we're so happy and alpha march 14th um we're s- we're starting up again fourth sorry drop the one. Fourth. got it thank you um so please sign up we're, we're uh We're going to explore what it is to to believe, what is faith, and ask the big questions of life. And we invite you to be part of that conversation. So anyways, may the Lord be with you. I'm out of here. God bless you. And we'll see you next week.